These guys keep asking me what I do and they know what I talk about, they know what it is. Change today, the liquor been taking the pain away. I heard you was get Hey Yeah I'm making a change today, the liquor been taking the pain away. I heard you was giving your chain away. That's kinda like giving your fame away. What's wrong with you? I sit in a box where the owners do. A boss is a road that I've grown into. I love you to death, but I told you the truth. I can't just be with you and only you. Yeah, I got one virtual, got one in that day is the only two, man. How many times have I shown and proved, man? How many nights I've been woke? Yo, what's up, man? Chilling, man. I am chilling, getting in the mood, vibing. You've been drinking, haven't you? Dude, I just literally took the first three sips of my drink. That's it. <laughs> and I'm taking it, hey, I'm taking it straight up tonight. No ice. No mix, no chaser. It's straight up neat. It's butt naked, as my co as my coworker would call it. It's butt naked. <laughs> Ain't no adder to this right here because I'm gonna need it for tonight. Where are we man, going tonight? I'm gonna need it. Man, real quick though, quick uh, topic. You had sent me a video, and I just want to touch on it real briefly. So you sent uh-huh. me a clip that Warner Brothers shared of basically a five minute. No, no five second clip of each major project coming out this year for dc right we saw our first real look at black adam which by the way looked pretty good yeah now i know it might be premature to say that just based off of what we've seen but the costume didn't look cheap the set looked nice and so based off that you know and the fact that you know we talked about it's the rock and he's a walking Four five hundred dollar, uh, four five hundred million dollar, box office hit. Yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed. I'm having trouble formulating words. <laughs> I feel you, bro. I feel you. <laughs> you on that? You on that chopper tonight? I feel you. Gosh, <laughs> uh, nah. I'm just exhausted, man. Been a long week. Man, I know, right? I feel Been a long you on week. That. College can kill you. College can kill you. But we also saw our very first look at Flashpoint. And we did, yeah. We got we heard Michael Keaton talking in the trailer, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was definitely. And at one point, he said something to Flash about you can go to any timeline in any universe, so save this one or something to that effect. Yeah, and by him saying that, that I think could potentially really open the door to a lot more stories. And it's really clear now that Flashpoint is the film. Where they're going to try and make it make sense. Yeah. Because that's what the DCU's been lacking from the get-go, is they have failed to make it make sense. It's been a bumpy road. They started with One Direction, and then that didn't work out, and then they went up, well, due to a family tragedy, that didn't work out. And then they went a totally opposite direction, and that really bit them on the hind end pretty bad. It did. Uh. They've had some bright spots of success. Aquaman, uh, the first Wonder Woman. Uh, I, I don't count Joker because that's just like its own thing. And really anything Batman related is practically a guaranteed billion. Yeah. Which is why I think this Robert Pattinson Batman movie, which we need to talk about tonight if we have any more time. 
length we at will. the end of this. We're definitely going to touch on it tonight. It's tied into the whole conversation. It's definitely- I mean, it looks so good. My gosh, it looks so good. I'm Done. so excited. But we'll get to that when we get to that. But so back to Flashpoint, then I'm going to pass it back to you. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it looks like they're going to try to make it make sense. Uh, yeah. On a scale of one, I'll answer this first for myself. But the question is on a scale of one to five, one being not at all, five being extremely confident. How confident are you that this film can make the DCU make sense? Given that we know, we know there have been reports about how this film is basically going to make Justice League of all of them canon. Wow. So if this movie is successful, and this just a little tidbit to throw out there, and I know people are going to hate hearing it. If this film is successful, I see a 0% chance moving forward that the Snyderverse will ever be restored. Now, should Flashpoint flop horrendously? Which, personally, I think is a very real possibility. Yeah. I do think that's a very real possibility. If it does flop, maybe, but you know, we're not going to spend the whole night talking about Snyder. <laughs> We've done that a lot. Yep. So to ask, on a scale of one to five, how confident are you that Flashpoint will make it make sense? Given that everything that we just saw from that teaser clip, including Flashpoint, I say I'm I'm at about a two. I'm at about a two. And the reason for that is because, you know, when we talk about, because this is a studio rollout, and, you know, every single year that Marvel has done something like this and they drop a video showing, hey, here's where we are. This is how far we've come. This is what we're about to do. And then they drop all the release dates. They've done it for phase three and phase four, especially because those were the culminating uh, phases and then transition post. Uh, DC is now doing this for the first time since they started. And so this is the first time we've ever gotten a clear message from DC as to you know, what they are doing because we haven't gotten a clear message of that in the past since 2013. You know, I mean, Man of Steel was a solo film, but the door was left open to expand if they wanted, and they did. And so now we're talking multiverse, and anyone who's a true DC fan already knows that the DC universe is a number of infinite Earths. It's a number of infinite worlds where there are plenty of different versions of the same character, just different scenarios, different stories, you know, all kinds of things. That's the DC multiverse. So much so, it's so big that they have a book on it too about the DC multiverse and about just how big it is. I'm talking millions of infinite worlds. You know what I'm saying? So this concept that they're toying with is very interesting. And so, the but the reason why I give it a two is because number one, on a, I'm going to be on a, on a personal scale. I still have my wounds. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not holding, I'm not trying to hold anything back against WB and them. 
you know, they get I got the Snyder, we got the Snyder cut. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. We got our trilogy. We're I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Zach is happy, and that's all that matters to me. Nolan is happy. That's all that matters to me. So, I you'll, you're not going to hear anything from me, but the amount of hype that's generating, you know, they they just really WB really can't afford a flop. They can't. Now I know, I know Black Adam isn't going to flop. It's Black Adam, you know, and not only that, it's it's The Rock who's the highest paid and the hottest thing in Hollywood right now. So I know we know what he's bringing to the table. The rock don't, don't flop, you know? So black Adam's going to be great. I like the way it looks. And the Batman goes without saying, there's a lot of people in the DC community. A lot of people in the comment sections I looked over today who use the express term. DC is getting back to their roots. You know what I'm saying? Which was making those unique films, those one-off films that weren't necessarily connected. You know, there was no connection. There was no cinematic universe, but they were their own films. You know, henceforth why Joker was so successful. The Nolan trilogy, Watchmen, you know what I'm saying? All these different DC properties that were done, but in their own world. There's no cinematic universe, you know what I'm saying? And so, me personally, if you're asking me, they, I, you know, I think Flashpoint is going to, I think it's going to flop. And that's because there's too many open doors. You technically, from a standpoint, is too much of a mess to fix to me. Because you've already done MOS, BVS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman. And then you switch tones with JL. But then you you drop the other half of that movie that was the real version, and you got a whole half of a fandom who's taken that and been like that that is law that right there, that's it. And then you got the other half who's like, well, we like like you, you know, we just want DC to come out with something good and something, you know what I'm saying. So it's very kind of split down the middle. So the expectation for DC fans right now is just for DC to put out what they used to do. You know what I'm saying? So if that's a solo Batman trilogy, do that. You know, if you're going to do these different little character stories, do that, do another Joker, do whatever, as long as it's something that is unique to DC, you know, and that's all that really matters. If you're going to don't do flashpoint, if you're going to start this, this crap all over again with the cinematic from a universe, because we know, look, we ain't never had to doubt Evan in our whole 215 episode history. We've never had a doubt that WB can come out with epic, you know what I'm saying, one one hero movies, you know, like Batman or, you know, we've never had a question like that before when it comes to their solo making ability. Never. But when it comes to the cinematic universe thing, they they jumped the gun at trying to go too fast and they've rushed their creative in the process and it's caused that to crumble as well. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, now you've got split, split ends, you know, you got one half of people who are like, yeah, restore the Snyderverse. This is what we want from DC. And then you got the other half who are like, well, man, we just want something good. You know, whatever the case, just drop something for, you know, 
so DC can, you know, and that's going to be tough to do with Flashpoint. If, if you're not going to start this thing off right, if you're not going to go in a creative cinematic universe direction that is unique to DC, something that only DC can do, don't bother at all. Don't do it. If you're not going to, if you're going to repeat what you did back in 2016, you know, breathing down the creator's necks and doing all this because you got, you can't do that. It's not going to work. You know, that, that's just what it is. You know, Disney didn't do that with Marvel. They weren't breathing down Marvel's necks when they did that. When it was pure creative and it blossomed into something beautiful and they've been doing it ever since. So DC has got to let this thing simmer once they drop Flashpoint. Whatever happens, whatever direction you decide to go, you got to stick with that and you got to let the creators be the creatives. And whoever those creators may be, whether it's Zach, which I don't think it will be, or Nolan, which I don't think it will be in the future, they're on the bigger and better things at the moment. If it's like our early, if it's Reeves or Gunn, and I'm going to get into Gunn a little bit later because I got something that the Snyderverse family won't like, but if it's either of them at head of creative, do that because DC is not meant to be just one thing. It's a bunch of different, you know, things. So, but for me personally, I'm still not, I've, I've, we've been going hard at this for three years, Evan, since me and you met in college about our feelings about DC and what was going on at the current moment. It's been three years since that. So, and that wound for me is healed, but I still don't trust Warner brothers as far as a, cinematic universe perspective they've really got to show me something like you know like real care about these characters before i can ever like give them the hype i'm gonna give them the hype for the batman you want hype for the batman you got it because matt reeves ain't nobody touching matt reeves and matt reeves knows it you got it you don't gotta doubt me on that a joker movie you got it you don't gotta doubt me but anything else on this cinematic universe scale after what we just been through the past three, four or five years, I'm not trusting it. And so I'm a bit skeptical. So that's why I give it a two. I just realized I didn't even answer my own question. Yeah, you did. You forgot. <laughs> okay. So my level of confidence in the DCU moving forward Real quick, I would say overall, ooh, this is tough. It's hard. It's hard. This, okay, based off what I've seen off of Flashpoint alone, it's way too early to tell. But I'm going to go ahead just because I really want to be optimistic and say a four. A four? I, I wouldn't doubt No, 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 three. A three? I'm going to go one up on you just because I I really don't want to be pessimistic about this. I don't either. I, I love Michael Keaton. He's great. You know, maybe. 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 But don't, hey, and I, I'm going to say this before I give it back. To, I'm going to say this one last thing. Don't, and I'm please, I'm going to say it for the sake of DC fans everywhere. Don't ever disrespect Michael Keaton again. Don't disrespect his Batman ever again. What 
and I'm and I'm learning this now as I get to intimately sit down and watch his Burton's first two Batman's. I'm I'm intimately classics. They're classics. I'm I'm starting to sit there and I'm observing what I'm not looking at it from the lens of what I want my bat because you know what my Batman preference is. I'm looking at it for what it is, for what it was given at that time. And what it was for that time was truly something magnificent. It's classic, it's crazy, it's wild, it's night it's it's I it's, sometimes it just leaves you like, bro, that movie was crazy. But hey, it was it was good. Hey, though. how about Jack Nicholson? Hey, that boy was wild. That boy was wild. But that's the thing. Don't they they can't they can't repeat Justice League again. You know, if you're gonna have a new Superman, let that be that Superman. If you're gonna have a new Batman, let it be that Batman. I don't wanna hear Danny Elfman use his classic theme that was made for Keaton, that's iconic to Keaton only, in another Batman movie. We don't wanna hear that. You heard Robert Pattinson's theme. Oh my gosh. Jesus, boy. Michael Giacchano tore that thing up. That boy is already top five with with Hans Zimmer, John Williams. Like, Michael Giacchano can't miss that boy hard. And it's like, I'm like, that's that's what I'm talking about. So don't don't ever disrespect. You disrespected Ben Affleck by doing that because he had an iconic theme that Hans Zimmer gave him and Junkie XL did too in, in ZSJL. But Danny, you disrespected. So don't. When you bring out these characters again, whenever you do, creatively, they just have to be what they are for that moment. Don't try to go back in the past and try to slap something over it that it's not. Because Pattinson will never be Keaton. Affleck will never be Keaton. None of these boys we have now will never be Keaton. And it's the same vice versa. They got to be respected in their own right. So that's all I'm saying. Respect the characters in their own right. Go ahead. Respect the characters in all right. I completely agree. As long as we're all on the same page, that Bale's better than all of them. Oh no, I ain't gonna say that. Hey, all I'm saying is my Bruce Wayne is the only one to make true billions. You know he what? He made billions at the box office. You know what? I got something to counteract that, but, but no, I, you don't. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. But it, it ties in. It ties into a totally. It ties into what we first wanted to discuss, which was while while, while we're into this discussion about uh, DC and the multiverse, we wanted to know. Like you texted me, I was at work, picked up my phone, and you were like, "Hey, man, is James Gunn? Could James Gunn be the new head of creative over?" dc overall and at first i'm gonna let you know this before i pass it i said no because these things you know he he has the right heart for dc and he has the right mindset obviously for dc the right vision of course to me he brings the more darker twisted you know dark humorous side the wacky uh more uh what's the word i'm looking for just just create you know that side of dc and he amplifies it so well with characters like harley quinn and things like that i can only imagine what he would do if he had his hands on joker that's Um, what i'm saying yeah so so the thing is and and i said well he's got some things in his past that would hinder him from doing that but then i went back and did my research i had to double check so and here's here's and i know you're gonna love this you're gonna love this so much 
will I ever say that the Snyderverse, that it's time to bury it? Will I ever say that? No, I won't, because the legacy and the impact that it's had on DC, in my opinion, is too big, so people will never forget it. However, however, I will say that whatever ploy is being played, because, li- listen, when you got guys like Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan at the helm of Masterpieces, these guys are as close to the characters as anyone has ever been. They have a deep understanding of who these characters are, and that's why they are masters of the craft. That's why they were the masters at DC for the longest time. However, now that they're gone, you need someone who cares about those characters just as much as they did. And has WB wised up enough to understand that the creators know best? I don't know. Maybe. But when it comes to James Gunn, the Snyder Cut fandom has been rude, you know, and I understand James James Gunn comes from a time that was long before this, this internet age we're in, where humor was dark, it was more open, you know, there weren't discussions being had about pedophilia and sexual abuse and things like that, so when... When I saw some people bringing up, oh, look at these pedophilic tweets he had 10 years ago. Look at these pedophile pictures he took at a pedophile theme party a few years back. Look at this. Look at this. You know what I'm saying? And they were 10 years ago, and he's deleted over 10,000 tweets. Uh, And I'm not justifying that that was right for him to say or right for him to do, but James Gunn, that was a different time. And he says he's obviously changed as a person. He don't got nothing on his criminal record, nothing like that. He ain't no rapist, thank God. Not that we, you know, have seen or any, you know, so things like that. But me and you had so many discussions about cancel culture and about how people always want to drag skeletons out the closet about something that somebody said or did 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? That's said Joe ten Rogan. Years. That's joke. Exactly. And people didn't even check to see the context and what he was saying. I'm not even mad about that because I know the context of what he was saying, but I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road, but with James Gunn, I mean, the dude was, he's different. The dude changed. He had a darker sense of humor back then. It was twisted. He did a lot of different things that were more edgier back in that time when it was that time. But now obviously everything is watched. Everything we say is monitored now. And cause nobody wants to offend anybody. It's a different game today and it's not a game and rightfully so. So he apologized. He was one of the first people to hop on the forefront of exposing uh, pedophilia in Hollywood. When Harvey Weinstein got busted. Chris so, Hansen. Chris Hansen. Exactly. That's Chris Hansen. Yeah. So he was there. He was there for it. And so for that, I commend him. I commend him for, you know, understanding, hey, that w- that was a different time. That was different me. You know, that's not funny to me anymore. That was, I, I commend that. You know, what I also commend is that he is doing creator-driven work at DC with no expectate. Like, the man could care, he cares about it succeeding, obviously, but the craft was still there. We looked at the Suicide Squad, right? 
absolutely phenomenal Suicide Squad film. That's what it should have been the first time. Not studio meddled and all that and, you know, whatever the case may be. But listen to my Snyder Cut family. James Gunn tweeted something today that resonated that resonated with me, and I, I and he told straight facts. He said DC is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, it could be something like that or something like this. It, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and I'm like, he told I'm like I I see no lies, and that's the kind of creator that DC needs right now at the current moment. Someone who understands that. DC can be a lot of different things. You know what I'm saying? And someone who's open-minded enough to make, you know, these certain things happen. And so with the Suicide Squad, you know, he just, he totally mastered it. And, and I think, I I think I, I would, I wouldn't be mad. I'm not, I'm not even tripping on Peacemaker. You know what I'm saying? Even though I don't have that much interest in it. If it's something new and original, which is have you watched I, it yet? I haven't watched it yet, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Eric, it a try. Oh, I'm gonna okay. give it a try. Continue. I'm gonna give it a try, simply for the fact that you, that podcast to go. What did I tell you? I said DC needs to start coming out the woodwork and start digging in the back. How many times are we gonna ride? You know what I'm saying? How many times are we gonna ride Batman? Or how many times are we gonna ride Super? Like, come on expand a little bit let's do something new and that's exactly what james gunn did you know what i'm saying and everyone was like we didn't ask for this we didn't ask for this i didn't either but there it is you know what i'm saying and it's it's doing pretty good and so if that's what's best for dc which is which is to start bringing out new and different things then do that you know what i'm saying do that and that and it's as simple as that it's as simple as that you know, start doing things that you want to do because everyone's going to talk and say, oh, I don't want this at first. And then years later, these fools turn around. Man, that wasn't that bad after all. You know what I'm saying? That goes across the board for everything. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, James Gunn is doing it. So, if, in my opinion, if DC needed a figurehead over this thing, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to come at a man who apologized and deleted all of his tweets years ago over some some messy stuff. I'm not I'm not even going to go there because if people were to pull out the skeletons in my closet and all the things I've said, I'm pretty sure I'd be canceled by now too. And I'm pretty sure that'd be the same for everybody else. Hypocrites. So you know what I'm saying? If James Gunn could be that guy, I wouldn't even be mad about it. I wouldn't I'd give it a shot. It's not like no Nolan ain't touching WB with a ten foot pole again. Nor is Snyder. <laughs> Snyder ain't touching Snyder ain't touching it with a ten foot pole again. I don't care how bad we want him to come back. That boy ain't coming Nolan. back. Nolan is at this moment crafting a masterpiece at Universal about the nuclear bombs that were first invented or the atom bombs that were first invented during World War II for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's called Oppenheimer. And Zach is currently crafting the biggest budget sci-fi film to date at Netflix called Rebel Moon that has Ray Fisher, Charlie Hunnam, Jenna Malone, and a whole bunch of other stars that is hyping up at Netflix right now. So them boys ain't coming back. They not. And I know we're hashtagging Restore the Snyderverse. I want the Snyderverse restored too. 
Henry Cavill is on the better things. Ben Affleck will not touch DC ever again, you know, after Flashpoint. Any chance to me, and I'm going to be blunt, I'm going to be blunt, and that goes back to my two, my two rating with Flashpoint. There any chance of this, this DC cinematic universe that people wanted so bad? That's gone. That's gone. If you want it, I got you a four-piece movie set called the Snyderverse, and I'll give it to you. I'll let you rent it. You can pay me. I'll let you rent it. That's about as close as the DC Cinematic Universe as you get. Or the DC Animated Universe, which is also awesome. You can go watch that because that's as close as you're going to get. As of right now, the success for DC lies within solo films and and <clears throat> unique creator-driven projects. That brings something different to the table. So that's where I'm at. If James Gunn could bring that to the table, do that. Do it. Because DC don't got to be a multiverse. DC doesn't have to be a connected universe. It doesn't have to be. Nobody put that expectation on them to begin with. I don't know what made Warner Brothers think that that was like a law. Like I understand it's business and there's competition, but nobody told you that you had to do it. And then when you wanted to do it, you didn't want to do it the way that it was supposed to be done. You didn't want to listen to the one guy who could have told you how to do it. You didn't. You rushed him, and then you did all this other stuff. So that's where I'm at. If, if hey, if Gunn can be that guy, be that guy. I pass it to you, Ev. I mean, I would agree with most everything you said, definitely. Um, and the, the <laughs> real quick, the t- you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And real quick, just a little context to when I text you about James Gunn, I had just finished the most recent episode of Peacemaker. Yeah. I think there's one more episode to go this season coming out next Thursday. What is it, like which, eight, eight episodes? Oh, yeah. And it, it's a phenomenal show. I, I was – now, granted, I went into the show with no expectations simply because Peacemaker was not my favorite character from the Suicide Squad. <laughs> he was he, Huh? That's it. He was for me. And you haven't watched his own show? I haven't, because I really wasn't expecting him to, to like come out with one, and I was like, well... I mean, it's it's a wild show. I'm going to tell you a couple things about it. These aren't really any... Well, it's information about characters, but nothing, like, overly spoiled. Gotcha. At, at first, I thought, because I had read reviews, that it pushed a woke agenda... But I'm going to like, and I can see sort of what they mean by that, but it doesn't feel like forced down your throat or anything like that. Right. Like, for instance, in the couple, uh, one of the members of Peacemaker's team is a black lesbian. She's got a wife in the show that she references time and time again. But, I mean, it's... It's actually not a, like I said, it's not forced or anything. I didn't think they were. It doesn't. It doesn't interfere with the story. No. Right. No, no, no. Like she's interesting aside from the fact that she's gay. Like she's actually like she's a very intelligent character, and I've always said my issue is is whenever you take characters that are already established as straight, yeah, and you turn them gay in the name of wokeness. Can you repeat that for the audience, please? Because I've been trying to tell these fools that. They act like they don't want to listen. We don't have any anything wrong or against gay characters or representation. 
it's just stop messing up stuff that's already good in the name of this stuff because people aren't going to go for it. Well, I mean, and I always point to Miles Morales, who's a black Spider-Man, but he's not black Peter Parker. Right. Like, he is his own guy. Miles is his own set of struggles he goes with. He's got his own villains, his own everything. He's got his own universe, and the only thing that he and Peter have in common is they're both Spider-Man. Right. And that's where the similarity is. And Into the Spider-Verse was a phenomenal film. It was. It really was. But, I mean, I'll repeat what I said again. I don't have an issue if you're going to make a new character, you know, a minority character or a homosexual character or a woman or whatever. But my issue is, is whenever you take a character and in the name of wokeness, like you try and just move them up the woke pole. Right. Like make them gay, make them, you know, change their race, do this, do that. And it's like. Okay, but that in and of itself, I would argue, doesn't spark all that much interest in people outside of the woke mob. Right. Because, I mean, and you look at films like uh, Black Panther, and you look at films like Captain Marvel. Both films grossed a billion dollars. Yeah. Because you have these already established Marvel characters. Some people would argue that Captain Marvel was kind of a feminist agenda pushed i'm not gonna be here to argue that yeah uh but black panther was just an amazing film it was like like straight up in my opinion i think it's top five even with no way home out i still think it's a top five mcu film i mean it's a it's a phenomenal film yeah and a lot of that is like you had the minority hero but you're not pushing an agenda or anything right it's just you know here's t'challa and, you know, he's got all of his own original problems, and he's got a villain with who was superb, by the way. Absolutely. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah. and, and, while, and while we're talking about uh, Black Panther, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace, yes. Oh, man, that's just so awful. But back on the James Gunn, we got sidetracked there. <laughs> we really did. You never know what we're going to say on here. Never know. But back on the James Gunn conversation, I was watching Peacemaker, and I was so impressed with how it was. And then, you know, his dad being a, uh, the lead, dude, his father's a Ku Klux Klan leader. Dang. And that's the villain of the show, or one of them. The show is two different villains, and he's one of them. White Dragon, the, uh, no, the White Dragon is his name. Yeah. He is an evil dude. He He is one sick dude. And the show's just like The Suicide Squad in that it's incredibly serious and dark and gritty and like, oh my gosh, at times. Like, bro, there's straight up innocent people that get killed in this show. Yeah. Like, morality is crossed in this show, and it is fun to watch. It's like Watchmen, but a little more humor to it. Yeah. Almost. But it's, uh, it's great, and... If I've learned anything from James Gunn, if he's proven to me anything, because you had some pushback saying you don't know if his style of directing would work with other characters. And I, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. I would push back on that and say, we don't know for sure that it wouldn't. We yes. don't know. Like, we don't know what it would look like for James to go at a Batman or a Superman. But we do know this much based off the Suicide Squad. He reads comics. That's true. 
He reads comics. He respects the character. He doesn't put his own unique twist on them. Yeah. Uh, But you know what's so crazy? I think, real quick, Nolan rant. That's what makes him so special. Because he is the one exception to the rule of... He really threw comic... He sacrificed comic book accuracy for realism. Yeah. And it worked. It worked. Changed the game. I mean, that was really one of those moments. Now, granted, a lot of that had to do with just an iconic script and Heath Ledger just... Mike, there'll never be another villain like that. Yeah. Well, no, not not like Ledger. But I do think that Colin Farrell is about to go crazy as Penguin. I believe that. I love that trailer. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Take it easy. I love that. You know, and don't, like typically Penguin is either portrayed as British or just a straight monster like in Batman Returns. Yeah. But now we've got Chicago style like mafia boss type voice. Yeah. Real deal like like in the slums Italian penguin. Oh yeah. But so but James Gunn has shown us that he at least reads comics, he understands characters, and he showed us that with Guardians of the Galaxy too. We've seen him do he is the one director I can think of who's pulled it off for both teams. Right. I'm trying to, I can't think of another director off the top of my head who had success doing both. Um, not in the, not in the current, uh, not in the past. Not if we're talking MCU, then no, not within the past fifteen years there hasn't been. I mean, you've had Sam Raimi and Ava Rad still on the <clears throat> the Tom Holland movies, but in like producer and stuff kind of roles, not necessarily directing but sam raimi was is directing uh multiverse of madness so he would possibly he could possibly be the second they could not have found anyone better oh yes isn't it amazing though they're they're bringing it back to the guy to introduce multiverse of madness they're bringing it back to the guy who gave them their first big trilogy and it's well who like who else would you give it to the man who who put spider-man on the map for the early 2000s and just burst the door wide open you know what i'm saying for for spider-man like come on it was on it was on it was only a matter of time it was only a matter of time oh yeah but i would definitely think that james gunn would be the best option they have right now that's my point i i think james because like my point is dc desperately needs a figurehead desperately like they need someone up there who says, "Look, this is the DCU, and this is where we're gonna go with it." Yeah. Like definitively, this is the vision, and we're sticking to it, and we're gonna have this story, and people, it's gonna make sense. Yeah. We're not gonna leave people wondering, you know, like, oh, what's the next part gonna be? Right. Cause see, like with with the MCU, granted, they did use post credit scenes, and DC could do something different. You don't have to copy that. Uh, but there, you know, there's actually people out there that think that in the MCU started post credit scenes. Yeah, that's well, that's because like, I mean, off the top of your head, what other franchise can we name that we really? And I, it's not really so much the post credit scene; 
it's the stay in your seat factor that they I would say that. And instead of saying the MCU invented post credit scenes, I would say the MCU invented staying in your seat until all of them were over. You know what I'm saying? Not just from the fact that there's a post credit scene, but from the fact that like the movie was so amazing that, you know, there's just the, this euphoria in there. There's just this, this vibe in the air. You know what I'm saying? That's like no way home. We felt it again. You know, it wasn't even the fact that it was the post credit scene. We knew that was coming, but like, we're just sitting in our seats and we're just basking in like, like Tessa was crying. She was sitting there crying next to me after no way home ended. I was like, wow like everyone knew so i will say the mcu invented staying in your seats because i would there's, say that there's been no other franchise to do that i would say just like how apple didn't invent the smartphone all mm-hmm. they did was innovate and improve to a level that which we've never seen yeah that's what the mcu did i, I wouldn't go as far as to say they invented something but I would say that they innovated, ridiculously improved, and definitely like, had the sort of Apple effect where right. it's innovation. That's all I would say to that. But yeah. yeah, definitely, I think James Gunn, if no one else, could be that guy. Definitely. Sure. I think he would, at the very least, pay respect to the characters. Um but, you know, I do have somewhat faith in Andres Machete that uh, Flashpoint will be good. That's why my ranking is a three for the hope that it moves forward. Yeah. But, okay, I, now. Yeah. For some positive talk, because, I mean, you notice even in talking about Flashpoint, there's just this obvious tension tension in the air and it'll never go away it really there's just so much writing on this film yeah either way but robert pattinson's batman yes there's been some reports come out about some reviews early and what we've heard so far is that this is the most gritty batman movie ever yeah well, that's what people are saying, and um, hold on one second. I'm trying to pull up all the. I was reading a really interesting article earlier. Mm-hmm. Now here's one thing I'm reading. I don't know how confirmed this is, that this film is already looking at two direct sequels and two spinoff series. For HBO Max, that this report from Game Rant is, is in early development. Now, I don't know how uh, reliable Game Rant is, but Eric, what is your reaction to hearing that this film, The Batman, could potentially have two trilogies, or no, not two trilogies, two sequels making it a trilogy, and two spinoff series tied in? Are you surprised, not surprised, excited, not excited? Thoughts? I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. Um, Am I excited? I'm not going to say I'm as hype as I was. I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to be blunt. I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm as excited as I was back in 2012 
when the Dark Knight Rises trailer first dropped, and instead of doing my computer assignment, I was on YouTube watching a Nokia trailer for TDKR drop. I'm not going to say that I'm as excited as I was in 2013 when the Man of Steel trailer dropped, and I was shocked because I'm like, wow, I'm actually going to like Superman for once in my life. Like, no, I'm not going to say I was excited as BVS or Wonder Woman or ZSJL. Um, but could that change if the Batman is really good? If it's real, like if it's really good, which I have no doubt that it will be, then my excitement for the spinoffs do that. I'm gonna be excited. I'm gonna watch it. But that depends on if it's good. Which, judging by what I've heard and by what we've seen, it's gonna be. We're talking about three hours in a, in another cut, four hours that they fan screened even. Rumors have said four hours, but the movie's going to be three hours. Three hours of Detective Noir style Batman. Three bloody hours. I will say that one scene that's the funeral that's already been shown, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like the way that the. For anyone who hadn't seen it, there's a clip. We really don't even hear Robert Pattinson say anything in the whole two minute clip. He doesn't speak. But we see Commissioner Gordon talk. We see some uh, other people talk. And then there's a point. I think they're at a funeral is what they're at. Yeah, they're at a a funeral, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it ever showed who the funeral is for, though, which I think could be interesting, you know. Plot detail, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then out of the blue, a car just flies through the building. Mm. It doesn't appear that anyone gets hurt. And then there's this whole moment where... You know, the cops are like, get out with your hands above your head. And then he comes out, and then the dude's got, like, his mouth is duct taped. He's got a bomb uh, strapped to him, and there's a note on him that says, to the Batman. And then we hear a phone ring, which we presume means Riddler's calling. Right. How much more sinister and epic does it get than that? It doesn't. It don't get no more cutthroat and dry than that. It doesn't. And you know, oh, continue. No, I was saying, I, I mean, what else? What else do you want from a Batman movie? I mean, tense, inspired. You know what I'm saying? Clearly, not just some, you know, cause, cause ugh, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that because there's a, there's this watching the old films that I'm watching now. You know what I'm saying? There, there's that linger that was there from the 60s and the 70s because it was always campy Batman. It was Adam West Batman. You know, there's that linger in the air that really didn't disappear until the 80s and 90s, until Dark Knight Returns and then all those, you know, Nightfall and all those kinds of storylines. But in live action, that campiness really never sort of went away. You know what I'm saying? And then it was bought out full circle with Schumacher and then it was totally revived and revitalized by Christopher Nolan with the Nolan trilogy and really brought back the like awesome right so it's it's kind of hard to it's it's I'm I'm still getting used to it like now I'm getting like another series like that was my number one wish is that after Ben Affleck is done. Continue that. 
give me another brutal Batman who is scarred and angry. Give me something tense. Give me something edgy. You know what I'm saying? That's who Batman is. You know, gone are the campy. You know, those days are over. You know what I'm saying? Nolan changed that. Frank Miller changed that. Zack Snyder changed that. That's done. You know what I'm saying? So it's time now. And I'm like, it's time. We're going again. We're going again. So I'm... I'm 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 gonna be there. I'm not gonna say I'm I'm jumping out my seat hype, but I'm gonna be there. And I, and I don't know Matt Reeves ain't never let me down before, so that's all I can say. Oh, what he did with the Planet of the Apes trilogy was just unreal. unbelievable. unbelievable. It was phenomenal storytelling with with what I considered at one point to be a ridiculous concept for a movie. It was. I mean, I, I I never cared for the original Planet of the Apes films, but my goodness, that trilogy was phenomenal. Trilogy was crazy. But so, I'd tell you what I'm super excited for about the Batman, is it seems as if we're going back to a time where Batman's villains were truly terrifying. Yeah. And I love that, because that's always been a huge part of what makes Batman so special is his just plethora of horrifying villains. Yeah. And now, you know, you you always talk about change. I am so thrilled with what I see from Paul Dono's Riddler in terms of change. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Like, this is not a, you know, green suit wearing, laughing all the time, goofy, you know, solve my riddle, Batman. You know, just goofy. Right. This dude is he is reminiscent of Jigsaw. I watching a Saw movie almost like the way he's talking about, you know, you're a part of the game, Bruce. Right. How? Oh, you really aren't as smart as you were. You ain't as smart as I thought you were, dude. When I heard that, I was like, oh my goodness, this dude ain't playing. Right. Like, and then you see all this about exposing the lies of the Waynes, and it seems popular theme and i love it and, and telltale really started this mm. with the, the, the idea that what if thomas wayne was a scumbag yeah like what if he was like what if like and the, the telltale series eric i highly recommend playing it because it gets revealed that thomas wayne was unjustly sending people to arkham yeah he was like, like, which I think is just absolutely awful. Like, if they wouldn't give him what he wanted, he would lie about them being criminally insane and get them sent to Arkham. Right. That's horrible, man. But it makes for a great story. Because mm-hmm. that's where, like, you know, the truth comes to light, and Bruce has got to face his family's demons. Right. Which is just another thing we love about Batman, is we know in the end he overcomes all. He does. But maybe, the, but maybe this Batman doesn't come out completely unscathed because we've heard from Pattinson. He says that this Batman is the most, uh, what was his exact word? I think he said, like most intense, least playboyish Batman. Yeah, he's very uh, recluse-like. He's like Kurt Cobain, sort of. Uh, he's not going to be flashy or, you know what I'm saying, all that. He's very much recluse and nihilistic and, you know, brooding to himself. You know what I'm saying? Um, That kind of, which is something we've never seen before. 
you know, Keaton, he was in his first scene, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, Vicky Vale, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude was straight up casual. He had the swag of Bruce Wayne, you know what I'm saying? That's just who he was, you know, same thing for, you know, Val was a little bit timid, but he was more calm. Val was cool. Clooney was a lot more smooth. Awesome. He was he was smooth Bruce Wayne. I can't speak for Batman, but he was a smooth Bruce Wayne. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Uh, Bale was, you know, his, his Bruce Wayne, he could play that playboy, but he shed it immediately as soon as he, you know, feels like he lost the step. Like when he sees Rachel and he's fronting, you know what I'm saying, after buying the hotel. And he's like, you know, that's not me. That's, you know, the, the, there is more. You know what I'm saying? He he quickly shed that immediately, so he doesn't keep his Playboy guys on for long. Which is they, just a real testament to how amazing Nolan is at developing complex characters. That's true. That's true. And then uh, Ben, you know, who plays the Playboy too as well, but he lets it bleed through to his Bruce Wayne. His problems as Batman bleed through into his personal life as as Bruce Wayne. So he he's really like teetering on the edge of like just like he wishes like this where he looks at Alfred and you know they're trying to get an invite into Lex's party Zach putting that scene in there where he feels naked without the suit and he's like I gotta go to this thing as Bruce Wayne I can't go in as Batman and he just stares at the suit like pissed like damn I wanted to put on that suit tonight you know what I'm saying that was new and, and exciting so shout out to Zach for that goat. But um Pattinson, a guy like a Bruce Wayne that doesn't come out at all. A Bruce Wayne and you you heard what she said in the trailer, the the other lady who's trying to talk to him, she can barely get his attention. Bruce, he's like, Yes. Like not even a oh yeah, how are you? Just a Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like, I've been trying to reach you, bro. What you been doing? You know, they say, you you know, you do charity work, but as of late, you ain't been doing nothing. Counts flashes to him and Penguin going to war on the highway, which is bloody awesome, you know. But uh, we've never seen that before. We ain't never seen that. Something so quiet and so, like, this Bruce Wayne is truly unhinged, and he's got a lot of personal issues that he's still dealing with that that could destroy him. You know what I'm saying? He's taken, taken that stance of like more along the lines of what Bale said, you know, where he's like, I really don't care what happens to my legacy. I don't care what happens to my family. I don't care what happens to me. I just want to get this thing done right. And I want to do the right thing. But the attitude on the outside and how he does that is totally different. The vibe is totally different. And I think a lot of people are going to end up resonating with that, you know, more than anything. So, for all those people, you know, who like to make the Twilight jokes and all that mess, you know, this ain't this ain't sparkly Batman you dealing with. This ain't no no cakewalk in the park that you're dealing with. This is this is unhinged Bruce Wayne right here. This is gonna be I I submit to you, this is probably gonna be the best Bruce Wayne we've ever seen, maybe. Possibly. Well, I mean that that would be incredibly subjective. But it's subjective, in, of course. In, yes. In terms of best Bruce Wayne, I'm gonna sound like a fanboy, but 
your fan, your fan, your bias is showing. I'm just playing. I'm playing with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's just hard to beat Christian Bale because, like, he wasn't really hardcore one or the other. Yeah, he put on the Playboy persona. Like, I, I'll never forget in The Dark Knight when he just freaking he walks up. Let's put a couple tables together. Well, I, I don't know if they let us. Oh, well, you know they should, Harvey, because um, they should. I, I own the place. I own the right. I was it, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, his monologue, his monologues as Bruce Wayne were more enjoyable than when he's actually in the suit as Batman. Almost more enjoyable to me. I would agree. That's with how that. good. That's how good I, I Bruce Wayne is. That. I would definitely agree with that. Like he had so many great lines as uh, Bruce Wayne. And right. you you really saw him struggling, making the right choice, like him letting Harvey get arrested in the Dark Knight, right, and everything else. Like, you know, there were a lot of great uh, moral dilemmas in that movie. But yeah. Pattinson, as you said, he's just going to be the straight up, like I'm depressed. I don't really talk to anybody. I just kind of, I'm Batman and I do my own thing. I do my own thing. Leave me alone. He's kind of like the anti Tony Stark. Very much, and that's not necessarily what who Bruce Wayne has always been, but it is refreshing to kind of see like you know we're not trying to put out a carbon uh, copy of you know Robert Downey Jr. Right? And can, I mean, can people please stop making that? Like those are some of the comments and the memes that I've been seeing this week concerning the Batman. You know what I'm saying? Uh, y'all go enjoy. You know. Uh, the guy who is not Iron Man or whatever. First of all, this ain't no disrespect to the DCEU, but uh, Iron Man just came to prominence in 2008. That was 15 years ago. Iron Man was a B-roll B character for the most part up until the early 2000s. And then, you know, when he got his extremist con and a whole bunch of other comics that came out, The Ultimates, which ultimately put him on top you know what i'm saying he just really for 50 he just really got to that place of prominence in culture so please watch your mouth when you're talking about the batman who's been here since the 19 what 30s 40s watch your mouth when you're talking about the batman for you fanboys who obviously don't know nothing and all you watch is mcu movies and don't dare to pick up a comic or go read your history learn something first before you start talking that noise please continue well, I mean, I've always said, dude, Batman and Superman are the Beatles and Rolling Stones of the superhero genre. They were the two OGs that started it all. I mean, their legacies are untouchable, so I absolutely agree with what you were just saying there. Yeah. Um, but, dude, honestly, I'm done arguing with anybody because I'm so freaking hyped for the Batman, nothing can kill my hype. Nothing. The only thing that could kill my hype is if I go online and the fan review sucks. No, no, don't do that. Because I told, I told Evan what I tell you about that. I told you in this new season of DC movies, the creative would have to carry and take over. That means all this billion dollar stuff that people keep talking about. Go ahead and get that out your mind. Let's just make sure the movie is good first. The Suicide Squad, we knew it was amazing. We knew it was brilliant. It was awesome. Did it make a billion? Well, no. It did. I'm talking didn't. about making money. I'm talking about the fan reviews. That, 
that that's exactly what I'm saying. The fan review fans, and this is what I hate, and then and then this is why I'm also grilled, which I know you're gonna love too. This is why I'm grilling the Snyder Cut, some of my Snyder Cut brethren and sisters too. The same fight that we were fighting about way back when, when we talked about the difference between business and creative and how you can't use box office to justify if a movie was good or not, because that's a popularity thing, is the same thing that some Snyder Cut fans are now taking now and trying to justify trashing gun with. That's what they did. When suicide, when, how much did it make at the box office during the pandemic? Like 200, 300 million? You know what I'm saying? But, But it was still great. It was still a great film. And I saw some of my own people doing that. And I'm like, hold on now. We never went by those rules. We did not go by those rules when MOS, BVS, and all them came out. We were just enjoying the movie, period. We didn't care about the box office. So now here y'all are when a good DC movie comes out again. Here y'all are justifying success by the box office instead of trying to see whether it was a good movie to try to tear down the director. You can't do that. That is hypocrisy. You cannot do that. So with the Batman, get people need to get that out their mind. I know people don't want to hear it because everyone wants DC to be back on top. We know that. But DC got to get back to creating first. Just create good stuff first. Do that first. And then everything else will follow. The money will come. That's record. You know what I'm saying? That's record. So well, I mean, yeah, I mean, just put something good out. Right. And you're gonna get you gonna get something. You're gonna get the return on investment. Put something good out. And you're going to get it. So fans are judging that by that that mindset. Oh, Batman didn't make a billion, and it was because of this reason. Stop. Please stop. This movie could be a masterpiece for all we know. And if it makes 800 million, people are going to be freaking out. Or 700 million people are going, oh my god, it failed. Did it really? Come on. So people just got to be careful right there. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I would agree with that to a certain extent. I, I would agree with that to a certain extent. Um, only because, I mean, if the movie doesn't make a lot of money, I'm not going to... Like, if this movie pulls in $300 million, but it's good, I'll be happy. Right. Like, I only care about this film being good. That is it. Right. Now, if the film sucks by some miracle, I might cry. Yeah. Is that going to be based off your personal assessment of the film? My personal assessment. If it's bad, I'm going to cry because there's no other film that DC's coming out with this year that I'm putting as much faith in as I'm putting in this one to be good. And there's no DC film that I have been this excited for since The Dark Knight. Right. I'm more excited for this film than I was Joker. Yeah. Simply because with Joker, I'm like, okay, it's an origin story. And I am desperately wanting to see a second Joker. Yeah. Desperately. Because now, the only way I would like to see that play out is maybe like, you know, Joaquin inspiring the real Joker. Or if somehow they get a Joker standoff between Willem Dafoe and Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Could you imagine just them two having like a Freddy versus Jason type who can kill the most people, then we'll kill each other type ordeal? Yes. That would like, be beautiful. Oh my gosh. Can you hark on that for a minute? Can you can you expand on that? 
how over the past, like, it's just, it just hit me. We didn't been through, like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash. We didn't been through all these characters. And yet, somehow, the success of DC is right back at the doorsteps of who? Batman. And any character who's related to him. Isn't it crazy? He's the only not, I mean, n- not really. To be honest, look, I'm, I'm just going to say it. This is completely subjective, in my opinion. Let me preface that, because what I'm getting ready to say may offend people. Once you get past Batman and Superman, Flash and Wonder Woman, you really don't have any lead. DC has no depth in the bag. They don't got no depth. Not really with heroes. Now, now, hear me out, boys and girls. I'm not saying they don't have good characters, because they do. Like, Cyborg is a good character. Right. They've got good characters. But I look at Marvel, and in the hero department, their heroes, for whatever reason, they just have the bigger bag to choose from. DC has tried to make a Green Lantern movie, and we all know how that turned out. They, they oh, that was so stupid. They tried to start off a DC universe with a Green Lantern movie. What? But I ain't gonna touch on it. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, and then when it comes to Batman, there's no saying. Do what you do best. Right. Batman has been doing this from the beginning. From the Adam West to the Michael Keaton to the Christian Bale to the Ben Affleck to the now the Robert Pattinson. It has always been Batman and Friends. He is the Michael Jackson. Everybody else is the Jackson 5. That's what it is. Now, Superman is sort of like a... I mean, he's popular. Get me wrong. He is. He's he's way up there. But Batman... I could give you my entire subjective rant about morality and how Batman's never-ending quest to stand for good against someone like Joker who represents all that is evil. Right. Which is how come I've kind of grown to not really like sympathetic Joker as much. Simply because, I mean, I like certain villains to be sympathetic Joker simply because he is pure evil. Yeah. And that's just like, there was nothing sympathetic about Heath Ledger. Not at all. At all. Like, you, at no point did you like, oh, I feel sorry for him. Like, no, he was just there to kill people. And it was terrifying. He didn't even know what he wanted. Right. And that made him that much scarier to, you know, reason with. And it almost made him seem not human. So that's what makes him so terrifying. What do you want? My face on the dollar bill. <laughs> oh, like, bro, Jack so Nicholson. The, the fuck? That's what was funny. But go that ahead, dude. And that's how come I can never say that Nicholson or Ledger is better than the other. Now, Ledger is my personal favorite, but I have bet for Nicholson. I don't. Put, I don't say Ledger's better. I will never say that. Because Nicholson yeah. could not have been any better. The dude was perfect. Like he had iconic line after iconic line. Bob, gun. 
bam. Right. Oh, I'm gonna need a minute or two alone, boys. Just, I, I just like the sound of it. That's mixed in rap songs. Have you ever heard that? A DJ uses that. I forgot who, but it's like I just like the sound of it. That's Jack oh, Nicholson's yeah. joke. Oh, yeah. It's something I say before I kill all my prey. I just <laughs> like the sound of it. <laughs> like he's a full blown maniac. Yeah. And it's terrifying. Like he he is a step <clears throat> more in the ter- like he's in the in the middle of Caesar Romero and Heath Ledger. Yeah. He's got serious elements to him. Not anywhere near as serious as Ledger, but he's not anywhere near as campy as Caesar was. Right. But yeah, dude, when he busts up in the museum, gentlemen, let's broaden our minds, Lawrence. And then it's just this epic Prince montage. That's, I, I still don't know what to think about that. I'm just like, what? It's awesome. I'm like, what the fuck? It's just crazy. It's not bad. But I'm like, I'm just thinking like, this man is like, it's that crazy to the point where you're just like, you don't know if it's crazy good or like crazy, like, like, bro, you need to tone it. And then remember when he shows Vicky how he like severely deformed his girlfriend's face? Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm no Picasso, but do you like it? You like it? You know what I'm saying? I I was like, like, you go back, he's scary as hell. Yeah. And but he had some hilarious lines too. Like, where does he get all those toys? Right. He was so mad. It was crazy. And that part of the end, (laughs) he stole my balloons. (laughs) Then has the nerve to complain about toys, but pulls out this big fat cannon pistol out of his (laughs) pants and shoots the bat wing down. I'm like, this man is crazy, bro. This you notice, hey. What I love about that so much is Nolan paid tribute to that in The Dark Knight. He sure did. Because they both have that scene like Joker and uh, Batman. He looks up to the Batwing and says, oh, come on, you gruesome son of a bitch. Come to me. And then he pulls out the gun. And then he stands there, but Batman don't hit him. And then you have Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, but instead of the Batwing, it's a motorcycle. Come on, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. Come on, hit Right. Like, dude, I like that was equally, if not more, terrifying. Yeah, it was definitely more intense for sure. I can say that. Gosh, that Heath Ledger was so amazing. I just love like right before that van flips, he's like, "Wait, what? Batman went back that way? Hmm? Right. He missed. Bah! That shit was over. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Well, this was a good one. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, I enjoyed this one. I'm I'm starting to really enjoy the catalog we're stacking up on DC topics that don't depress us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, dude, like, March we're really on a roll. Is coming up. I'm ready. It's coming. I'm getting my tickets as soon as possible, bro. We will be there, ladies and gentlemen, at the Wharf in Orange Beach at AMC with the big Ferris wheel in front of it. Pre-show podcast and post-show podcast reactions, spoiler uh, reviews. So we'll put the warning out there, too. We'll be there. That's going to be a great and amazing uh, day right there. The Batman will be ready. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is J-House Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Eric Houston, with my co-host, Evan Elliott. And we'll catch you guys later, man. Peace. Peace.
Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.